We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. family. Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, and I'm so excited to be here in studio with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. This is going to be a treat because if you don't know Dr. Gabrielle, you're going to. She has a brand new book out called Forever Strong, a new strategy or new science-based strategy for aging well. She is such a powerful force. This woman is a board-certified family physician leading a disruption in modern medicine, one that focuses on the largest organ in the body, the skeletal muscle. I didn't even know that, so I know I'm already about to get schooled in this conversation. This is to support longevity and fight back against the threat of obesity, heart disease, and diabetes, all of which people in my family have struggled with, so my ears are already perking up. But through her private practice, her popular YouTube channel, Influential um, podcast and new book, she asks the fundamental question. So listen up. How can we build strength, not just in the weight room, but in our daily lives? Because Dr. Lyon is on a mission to make the world a little bit stronger by building consistent dietary and lifestyle habits, showing up for ourselves and the people we love. She is the go-to doctor of some of the people that I look up to. You know Ed Milet. He trusts her with his health. So I am ready to learn today. I hope you have a notebook. I hope that you have a pen because you need to take notes for this one. You tune into the show every week so you can get game-changing advice for your life, for your business. This one is for your health. So we got to be serious about taking control of our health and our well-being. No one's going to be an advocate for our health more than we are. So Dr. Lyon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tori. You know, when I think about your audience, I think Mm -hmm. about the entrepreneur the coachable person. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what do they want? They want to be the best version Mm -hmm. of themselves. And do you know the common denominator that I see that really either propels people forward or holds them back? One common denominator. Do you know what that is? Tell me. It's their health. Mm -hmm. You will never go further than your health. Mm -hmm. So true. I mean, because what we have nothing if we aren't healthy and able-bodied to be able to get up and do the things we love every day doesn't mean, like, it doesn't matter if you've got the best family in the world, the best job in the world, the best friends in the world. What does that, if we can't show up and be all of ourselves in all of those environments? And that's what you're so well-equipped to help people do. I mean, your background is phenomenal. And I'm, I'm so excited to learn about, you know, the methodology that you've co- covered and outlined in Forever Strong. But I want you to tell me just a little bit about your background um, and, and your, your history in medicine and, and the research that you do. Like, how did you get into this work? Because, I mean, obviously your body is phenomenal. Your, your resume is phenomenal. But, like, tell me a little bit about the history of, of, of you and how this work became, you know, your life's work. Yeah, I'm really excited to share with you that because it was somewhat serendipitous. Mm. And, you know, people talk about being at the right place at the right time. That happened. Mm. And then I was willing to put in the work and be open-minded. So I graduated high school early at 17, and I moved in with my godmother. Okay. She happens to be a trailblazer in nutritional sciences. You saw that Mark Hyman wrote a blurb Mm -hmm. for the book. This is the generation before Mark Hyman. And for those of you guys who don't know who Mark Hyman is, he's the 
uh, real thought leader in what we call functional medicine, root cause medicine. Yep. So my godmother was a PhD and is a PhD in nutritional sciences. Wow. Before, the group before functional medicine even had a title. Right. Before all the social media and all, like, everyone knew Decades who before. the thought leaders were. Decades before, before it was even a thought. Before it was a thought, it was a concept. Mm -hmm. And I landed in her house. I lived with her for a year. And at that point, I knew nutrition was the way. I went and I did my undergraduate in nutritional sciences at University of Illinois. And I landed in the class of one of the current world-leading experts in protein metabolism. Wow. A lot of the information that we hear about nutrition and health as it relates to dietary protein, he helped put the legs on. Mm. The things that we take for granted, of the concepts of how much dietary protein, how we dose it, part of this came out of his lab, wow. which is incredible to actually see a individual who is a scholar with intellectual integrity and intellectual in innovation, sure. essentially. Did my undergraduate with him, went to medical school, did two years of psychiatry, which was all for me about the mind. Mm -hmm. Three years of family medicine, and then I went back and did a fellowship in nutritional sciences and geriatrics. I'm sure the listener is thinking, well, what does this have to do with health and wellness? Geriatrics, for those of you who don't know, it's over the age of 65. Right. It's really this idea of end of life. It is not end of life that over the age of 65, but typically geriatric training is individuals 65 and up. You're also dealing with dementia. You're dealing with palliative care. You're dealing with end stage diseases. Mm -hmm. And I didn't actually want to do that. I was very resistant. Um, but the reality is, is I really wanted to learn nutritional sciences. And the exchange for me to do that was to become a geriatric fellow. Early mornings and late nights, I did obesity research. During the day, I'd round in the hospital, and on the weekends, I would round in nursing homes. While they seem very different, I was working on a study, and I fell in love with one of the participants. Mm. Her name, we'll just call her Betty. She was a mom of three, big brown eyes, just infectious in nature. And she had always struggled with the same 20 pounds her whole life. She'd probably gained and lost hundreds of pounds over her life. And she always put herself last. I imaged her brain, and her brain looked like the beginning of an Alzheimer's brain. Mm. She didn't even know what was coming. And it was that moment that was an aha moment for me. I thought to myself, she had just been following exactly what we've been telling her to do, which is eat less and exercise more. She was a great student. Mm. She regained all the weight, and she lost it all and regained it. And in that process, she destroyed her muscle. I felt so responsible. I felt that the medical community had failed her. Mm. And we know that when an individual feels this responsibility for another, they'll stop at nothing to solve that. We all have that innate capacity mm. to care for another person. So I started to think, I just became obsessed with thinking, what was the commonality of what I was seeing in my practice? Here I saw Betsy, or Betty, whatever you want to call her. And on the weekends, I was seeing patients that were in the Alzheimer's unit who couldn't get up, didn't remember their name. What was the commonality? Mm. The commonality was not that they were overfat. This idea of obesity that we have all been taught, this lexicon of health, it was that they all had unhealthy muscle or they were all under-muscled. And that was the moment where this concept of muscle-centric medicine was born. Mm. And I knew that in order to change the paradigm, just like any entrepreneur, you have to ask the right question. And the questions that we've been asking for the last five decades about obesity and health, they've been the wrong question. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so powerful. So, so the muscle-centric medicine is your methodology that you then came, you know, inspired you to create this, you know, new way of looking at our health. How does it differ from kind of our traditional approaches, which you were just saying, you know, we were talking a lot about fat loss. Still, that's all we talk that about. That is, that's the conversation and the narrative around health for so many people. And I know those who listen to this show 
are their ears perk up when they are told that they can learn how to do something better. Like there's a whole new way to approach our health and our longevity that as much as you have, you know, we can all think of the Bettys in our lives that we care about dearly. It might be our moms, our dads, it, it will be us in several years. You know what I mean? How do we prevent that from happening? Well, we need to learn a new way of doing things because what we've been doing clearly isn't working, That's right? right? So talk to me about muscle-centric medicine. Yeah, so I coined this term. This, this became a real philosophy and a practice of medicine in 2015. And it focuses on the idea that skeletal muscle is the organ of longevity, that it is actually the pinnacle of health and wellness, and that the behaviors and the lifestyle modifications that we impart and deploy on skeletal muscle actually this is the root cause for these diseases that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Obesity, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease. And by focusing on skeletal muscle as the pinnacle of health and wellness, you can change the trajectory of your life. And I'm sure that a lot of your audience is young and they're like, well, why is this for me? Because I already feel great. Sure. Here's the rub. You show me how you're doing your life today and I'm gonna show you what your life is gonna look like. Right. It's the actions that you take today and not having knowledge is going to be a distraction mm. because that window of youth closes. And if you fail to understand that skeletal muscle is really this organ of longevity, then again, you show me what you did today and I'm gonna show you what your life is gonna be like later. So skeletal muscle is really the pinnacle of everything. Obesity, et cetera, and these diseases that we're facing, those are symptoms of unhealthy muscle. Right. That by the way, Symptoms of unhealthy muscle begin before you actually even gain body weight. Mm. There was early data, there was early studies out of Yale that showed 18-year-olds, quote, healthy, sedentary young men had signs of insulin, skeletal muscle insulin resistance. Wow. Disease of skeletal muscle decades before they even show body fat. How can we identify the health of our skeletal muscle? I love that question. This is a very underserved area. I could tell you how much body fat you have. Right. I could do a DEXA and it would be an extrapolation of how much skeletal muscle. Mm -hmm. We are not deploying techniques that routinely test skeletal muscle. That is how backwards the system is. Mm -hmm. How do I know how much skeletal muscle mass is optimal for you? I don't, but we will. Mm. I can tell you that if a certain amount of body fat, say 30% is going, we know that that has clinical implications, the other aspect of the health of skeletal muscle is how strong are you? What does your blood look like? Yep. What is your fasting blood glucose? What is your fasting insulin? Mm -hmm. What are your triglycerides? I don't care, you young entrepreneurs, those changes in blood levels will happen before. Yeah. An oral glucose tolerance test, um, you know, CGMs are a really big thing. You can see the health of skeletal muscle, perhaps not directly, mm -hmm but you will get clues. Mm -hmm. My advice to the viewer is to build as much healthy skeletal muscle mass that you can so that when you need it, you have the biological reserve. Yeah. You have the physical infrastructure. But I also wanna point out this paradigm of thinking is that we're very good at measuring body fat. Sure. But we are not directly measuring skeletal muscle mass. And for you trainers out there, the DEXA, doesn't directly measure skeletal muscle mass. Can you tell, talk to us, for those that don't know, what is the DEXA? Yeah, so a DEXA is, a, a, it's like a, it's a, a dual x-ray. And um, basically what it does is it, it's a, it looks at body fat percentage and bone density, typically. Mm -hmm. And this is a scan that it's you It's a scan, so it's called a DEXA scan. Yeah. I've had and, one done before. And people can routinely do it. It is considered the gold standard for body composition, but what it directly measures is fat mass and then lean mass is all extrapolated and all put together. Mm. But only 40% of that might be skeletal muscle. Got it. So even if you get a number for your lean mass or your skeletal muscle mass, the best that you're doing is an extrapolation. Mm. What does that mean? That means that the most important organ system isn't being measured directly. Right. So we need to go deeper. Like we, it, it, Yeah, it's going to get there. So basically, if this book makes the impact that I hope it will. It will open up the eyes of not just the patients, sure. the people, but also the providers right. that are on the front lines and the trainers and the health coaches 
because eventually there's something called a, and we don't necessarily need to go into detail about it, but there's something called a D3 creatine, which is a deuterated creatine. You take a pill and it measures your skeletal muscle mass directly. Oh, wow. But we're not there yet. Sure. But eventually, so you entrepreneurs, come on, let's move this into the mainstream. But eventually it will be. Yeah. But right now you have to focus on strength. You have to focus on nutrition. And a lot of the information out there creates such discourse and distraction that people don't know what to do. Right. They are, and I'm sure you see that in coaching, and I'm sure you see that in the entrepreneurial world, in the entrepreneurial world is that everybody is chasing a shiny object. That, my friend, is purely distraction. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we're getting away from what you just talked about, which is the root cause of all of these other symptoms that come up and, and kind of torture us the rest of our lives that right. we have to then try and mitigate or just manage. And you're saying, how do we get on the front lines of like, how do we get and deal with this before those things become a problem? And we're not just talking about changing the narrative and the conversation around how do we look at longevity and health and wellness at its root, but also the system that's in place to support that. Yeah. Right. And so, so you're really like, this is such important work and groundbreaking work too. Talk to me about why do you think the medical community has kind of neglected this importance of skeletal muscle up until this point? Why has it taken so long for someone like you to come along and, and point this out and say, hey, why are we not why, addressing this? Why do we still think that we have an obesity right. epidemic rather than a midlife muscle crisis? Exactly. A few things. Skeletal muscle has always been thought of in this kind of bro-y way. When you talk about skeletal muscle, people are thinking about being jacked and tan. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, what was that? Um, the Jersey Shore. That's it, Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what people are thinking. So here is the problem yeah. with skeletal muscle is people think skeletal muscle, Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. The concept that skeletal muscle is actually an endocrine organ, meaning when you contract skeletal muscle, it releases hormones called myokines. When you exercise, your contraction of skeletal muscle releases molecules that do a handful of things. And by the way, there's over 600 different myokines. Mm. For the entrepreneur who wants to be sharp and wants to be 10 times the entrepreneur that they could be, mm -hmm. they have to train mm. because brain-derived neurotropic factor comes from exercising skeletal muscle. If you care about being able to surf the immunity, right? Having mm -hmm. a robust immune system. You have to contract skeletal muscle. Exercising skeletal muscle releases something called interleukin-6. Mm. And, so, you know, if you're listening, there was a whole time when cytokine storms were a, a really big deal. Skel exercising skeletal muscle, releasing interleukin-6, helps dampen the body's immune response. It helps bring your inflammation into balance, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. for just a way of simply pointing that out. Exercising skeletal muscle releases glutamine. Glutamine feeds white blood cells. Essential. Here's why you care about this. You care about showing up and doing big things, whether it's a side hustle or your primary business. If you are not capable, you are not going to be able to do the things necessary. If you are falling asleep at 11 o'clock and having to napitate under the bed, or napitate <laughs> under the, napitate, that's a, that's a mix between meditation, meditation and napping. I love that. <laughs> so if you are having to eat your meal and then napitate under your desk, mm -hmm. when your team needs you, what kind of effective leader you are? You're not. Right. You are an ineffective, incapable, and largely inaccurate leader mm. because your mind is not going to be sharp. Yeah. The core fundamental principles of muscle-centric medicine is number one, understanding that the paradigm that we've been thinking about it is totally wrong. Yeah. Number two, there are very specific actions that you can take. When you deploy these actions, you will determine and develop and live a life that is totally fulfilling. Mm -hmm. They are nutrition, it involves training, and probably most importantly, it involves mindset. I'd love to, to share a story with Please. you. I have really good Botox. Amazing. I'm waiting for Give the me, laugh. Please. I have been a physician <laughs> since 2006. Do you realize the amount of reps I have under my belt mm -hmm. at seeing patients? So I have seen thousands of patients. You'd mentioned that I take care of entrepreneurs. I do. A large portion of my practice, the demographic, is not necessarily a physical demographic. It is a demographic of their mind. Mm -hmm. 
Another portion of my practice is all special operators. As a female physician, I treat elite warfighters. Wow. My husband is a former Navy SEAL. There is a portion of our practice that is dedicated to the warfighter. Now, I want to tell you another aha moment that I had. So the first aha moment was really this development of muscle-centric medicine. And in that vein, it was all physiology. It was all about what do we need to feed these people? How do we need to rethink um, obesity, cardiovascular disease? The second epiphany I had was with a patient, and his name is Brian. And Brian gives me a full reign to tell the story, and yes, that is his real name. Mm. Brian was a 250-pound Texan farm boy. He was a Navy SEAL for 20 years. His skill, his special qual, was a breacher. You know what a breacher is? I don't. They're considered the muscle of the teams. Those okay. are the guys that pack massive amounts of body armor, bring it to the door, and blow things up, or have sledgehammers, yep. and et cetera. They've got this huge kit. They are the muscle. I literally could start from 50 yards back, run as fast as I could into Brian. I guarantee you this guy would not have moved in it. The lineman. I mean, he, well, exactly. The lineman. He, he looked, yeah. he's, he's like a lineman. Been to some of the most dangerous places on earth, mm -hmm. protecting our country and our freedom. Been in multiple gunfights with some of the most dangerous humans on the planet looking to kill this guy. Mm -hmm. He was never injured. He was home from a deployment on his motorcycle going five miles an hour. A 17-year-old girl texting and driving completely takes Brian out. He lost his leg. Brian lost his leg. He's sitting in my office. I had an office in New York City on Fifth Avenue. And he's sitting in my office, hat on, flannel, Solomons, you know, like the, the team guy uniform. You know, hey, brother, I can spot you a mile away. <laughs> and, you know, by the way, I'm 5'1", like a buck 10 on a good day. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, like Brian's life is over. Here he is, this alpha guy. His entire life is over. He's probably going to go into this huge depression and never be capable again. Yeah. So he's sitting in my office, and uh, I'm like, Brian, how are you doing? You know, and in my mind, I have this whole narrative. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm really, I'm going to get to the underbelly of how he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me, and he was like, well, doc, you know, I'm having phantom limb pain, meaning he's having pain where his limb used to be. And he was really tired, and he just didn't have the energy that he had had before. Meanwhile, he's on like a half a, you know, pot of coffee a day and things that he shouldn't be doing, like sure. you know, like the rippets and the, the <laughs> Red Bulls, yeah. the, the breakfast of champions. And uh, you know, I said, no, 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 no. Brian leaned in, sat down. It's like, tell me, looking at him eye to eye. Tell me, how are you doing? And I swear to you, he looked at me like I said, there's a purple elephant flying across Central Park in a polka dotted tutu. And he looks at me and he was like, um, Doc, you know, no offense, but uh, I just told you, what, what are you talking about? And I go, well, Brian, here you are, this friggin' alpha dude, this breacher, this seal of 20 years, and I, like a total ass, go into this narrative about how he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I asked him for a box of tampons. <laughs> and he goes, Doc, that was like six months ago. Mm. And it was at that moment that I realized that the patients and the people in life that really succeed and become an asset versus a liability are those that have no narrative. How many people haven't even gotten over things that happened six years ago? So many. This guy lost his leg, his entire life changed, and he had moved on. Yeah. So while I talk about muscle-centric medicine, what it really is, it's a movement that demands strength. Mm. It is a movement and a cultural shift that demands strength. And you're not just talking about physical strength. <sighs> No. Yeah, this is a mental game too. 
This is 100% a mental game. And if you can understand the obstacles that you face, you will be undeniably a force of nature. Mm -hmm. How did I learn that? I learned that from seeing thousands of patients and beginning, here's, let me, let me tell you something else. You've gone to a doctor, right? Sure. Maybe for cold and flu season or maybe for who knows. Mm -hmm. A capable doctor will be able to diagnose your back. We were talking about your spine. Mm -hmm. A capable doctor will say, okay, Tori, X, Y, and Z. An effective physician diagnoses people, the archetype of the person. And so muscle-centric medicine is so much more than what to eat, how to train, but is a mental framework that cultivates strength. Mm -hmm. And there are very specific things that an individual must do. Like Brian, number one, do you realize that we all have the same set of narratives? You probably have five. Mm -hmm. I know I have five. The next Nikki over there has five. They're very uninteresting. But it's a narrative. Yep. It's a narrative that creates distraction, that holds you back. And ultimately, those narratives become a crutch to actually being able to move the needle forward. Yep. Brian, he, he didn't have a narrative. Guy lost his leg. So I'm going to tell you the end of the story, which you don't know, is that I called my husband and my husband and Brian are friends. And I called him. I was like, hey, Shane, you know, I saw Brian. He's like, yeah, he told me how to go. I said, well, you know, he lost his leg. And I went to this whole story because I hadn't fully processed what had happened. Right. And it's dead silence on the other end of the line. And he's like, babe, what are you talking about? Dude, that was like eight months ago. Mm hmm. And you just like expected him to be completely yeah. defeated. and Yes. Wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, give me another 60 years. I'd be still bitching about yeah. it. <laughs> of course. It is the perspective that you don't actually have to be a Navy SEAL to deploy these tactics. Mm -hmm. Here's something else that's really interesting. You know, we talked about some of my patients, whether it's Ed Milet or Bedros Koulian or the Navy SEALs. They all operate in a very particular way. And I could tell you the success of an entrepreneur without knowing what they do or their name. You put them behind a screen and you tell me their habits mm -hmm. and the way they operate in their life, I will tell you how successful that person is. That's powerful. Yeah. And that's, it's, the data is there. I mean, you can just see based on these habits and the way that you're living, eating, training in these areas, this is going to be a direct reflection of everything else. And have life. you seen those guys? They're beasts. Yeah. They are physically dominating humans. Absolutely. That if I asked Bedros, hey, B, what did you have for lunch <laughs> three weeks ago on a Wednesday at noon? Do you think he'd be able to tell me? He probably could go back into a journal and see no, exactly. No, he knows he exactly what he ate. Really? One of the pitfalls that people have, there, there's, there's a few major pitfalls, which I think are really important for the audience. Mm -hmm. Number one, everybody focuses on strengths. That's all, that's all we hear in kind of a personal development, yep. in, the, in the space of what are your strengths. I don't care. Don't come at me telling me your strengths. How's that going to make you better? Mm. What I want to know as your physician, what I want to know, where do you fail me? Where do you fail yourself? Mm -hmm. How many people get stressed or do a big launch and then go right into behaviors that set them back for a week, two weeks, then it's six months, then it's a year later. Yep. That's so true. Entrepreneurs, completely predictable animals. Mm -hmm. You must know your weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how do you help somebody identify their weaknesses, right? Uh, yeah. It's like, where's the pain? Yeah. No, I hear. I have one. There's one entrepreneur that I take care of. He actually put a, every year he puts on a massive event in Vegas. Okay. Every year he calls me. And he's completely crashed out, mm -hmm. he's totally depressed, he's off his nutrition plan, he's off of his training plan, and it takes him a month and absolute devastation internally to even get back to baseline. Right. Guess what? Totally predictable. <laughs> Tori, mm -hmm. next time you go to a big event or put on a big event, I guarantee you the next day you're going to reach for a vice. Maybe that vice is shopping. Maybe that vice is, I don't know. Tinder, whatever sure. it is, like yeah. you name it, it is totally predictable. Here's what I tell my entrepreneurs. Think about the high point that you're going for. 
whether it's a big launch, whether it's a big sale, it is at that pinnacle, it is at that peak, you're actually your most vulnerable. As high as you are going to go is as low as you are going to drop. You will not do a launch, a massive event, a huge show, and go down to baseline. Mm -hmm. You will actually mirror the high that you had. Yeah. Your point of vulnerability is right before you step on that stage. Your second point of vulnerability is right after. If you do not neutralize those points, your predictable outcome will be the same. You will go off your nutrition plan. You will start fights with your significant other. You will do X, Y, and Z. And everyone out there listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm tracking with you. How do we neutralize those vulnerabilities? Well, number one, how do you think about it? Probably comes from the shift of dopamine and cortisol mm -hmm. and all of these neurotransmitters and the subsequent just releases and physiology in the body. Sure. You're not gonna like my answer, but I'm gonna give you my answer because I've seen it work time and time again. You have to mitigate the excitement going into the event. You have to be willing to mitigate the importance and the meaning of what it is that you are putting out. Yeah. How do you do that? You practice it before the moment. You don't celebrate every win. You also, not gonna like this answer, don't get to purchase, <laughs> listen to loud music, do all the things and the luxuries that get you in the zone. Mm -hmm. For example, when you begin to utilize tactics that will call for a, back of a, a lack of a better term, dopamine preservers. Mm -hmm. For example, things that release dopamine. They are sex, caffeine, cocaine, amphetamines like Adderall, chocolate. Uh, my husband says that you should combine all the above listed, um, uh, that that's the preferred method of that's having the sex. Cocktail. That's the cocktail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, but these are all things that release dopamine, all things that we drive, mm -hmm. drive forward. Here's what I will tell you. Leading up to any major event, you can afford a Starbucks. You might go, hmm, yeah, I just can't wait. You're going to flip a coin. And if it's heads, you're going to get your Starbucks. And if it's tail, you're not. Not gonna like that. I need to do that. And you're gonna do that every time. Yep. You're going to start to be able to not get what you want at every moment, even though it's a little. Let's say you've been looking, I mean, here is dangerous. You drop me off, I'm here an hour early, I'm shopping. I'm like, off white, I'm there. Yep. Balmain, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I just, just because, because I you could, can. You shouldn't. Exactly because you can is why you shouldn't. Mm -hmm need to start deploying strategies that allow for dopamine preservers. Mm -hmm. I love listening to loud music and having coffee and having multiple cups of coffee before I train. Mm -hmm. Guess what? If I flip a coin tomorrow, I don't get to use those things. Mm. It seems like a real drag. But if you do this over time, these actions over time of withholding something that you want, you begin to build this muscle. Here's another thing. Mitigate the meaning. Do not celebrate every win. Practice having a big win. Don't celebrate it. Mm. Neutral. You are neutral going into it. Yeah. It does not mean that you don't care about it. But the more neutral you can become, the less your vulnerability. Mm. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are your thoughts keeping you up at night? It's time to take care of your mental well-being with BetterHelp, the leading online therapy platform. We all face moments when our minds refuse to rest, whether it's stress, anxiety, or those restless thoughts that won't go away. Talk therapy gives you a place to talk it out so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. With BetterHelp, you'll have access to licensed therapists who understand what you're going through. They're available to you whenever and wherever you need them, making therapy more accessible than ever. If you're thinking of starting therapy, then definitely give BetterHelp a try because talk therapy is a great opportunity to explore your thoughts, feelings, and experiences in a safe and supportive environment. It provides you with the chance to gain valuable insights into your life, develop positive coping strategies, and work through your challenges. It's not just for people who've experienced significant trauma. Truly, everyone can benefit from therapy. 
So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash coachable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash coachable. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor of this week's episode, Camuso Design. Camuso is one of my all-time favorite brands because they are not just a jewelry brand. They are truly my hack for relieving anxiety and stress in my day-to-day life. And I'm about to tell you why. I wear their shift necklace. It is an absolutely beautiful stainless steel necklace that is designed in such a way to help you relieve stress and be more calm. And genuinely, that's exactly what it does. I wear this all the time because all I have to do is breathe. I, as you guys know, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I absolutely love the power of breath. And with the Camuso Design Shift Necklace, it is a simple, beautiful reminder that hangs around my neck to remind me to stop, slow down, breathe deeply, and allow my body to do the rest because we truly are our own medicine if we allow ourselves to be. So with this necklace, all I have to do is take a deep inhale through my nose and breathe out through this beautifully crafted necklace. I breathe into the necklace itself. And what it does is it naturally elongates my exhale, helping me to downregulate into my parasympathetic nervous system, feel calmer and clearer in just a few seconds. This is the best thing you can do for yourself is gift yourself the gift of calm with Camusa Design or a friend. I gave these away when I was at Burning Man on the playa and every single person that I gifted one to was so grateful and amazed. They have beautiful stains for women, men, and children. So this is one of the absolute like favorite things I have in staples in my closet, but also one of my very favorite wellness secrets that I'm no longer keeping secret. So make sure you guys go over to camusodesign.com slash coachable to get 15% off your order today. That is camusodesign.com, K-O-M-U-S-O design.com slash coachable and receive 15% off your order. Now back to our episode. Yeah. And just from a, like a mindset perspective too, if even if you've been working really, really hard up to something, right, whether it's a contest or a launch or anything like that, there's oftentimes so much energy and focus that goes into that preparation period, right? And all of the the, the things that we deploy to get us in the zone. And then a lot, a lot of people, I have friends who recently, over the last couple of months, um, they hosted a their first festival. It was a music and wellness festival. They killed it. And there was so like six months of preparation leading up. And then there was this big multi-day event. And then after they were, they just like had to go on hiatus. It was like, I had to go dark mode. Totally predictable. Yes. Don't do that. And then now they're just re-emerging and they're like trying to come back to their baseline. But you, to, to your like point, it was this high, high, with a predictable low, low, and now they're just re-emerging to the baseline of day-to-day productivity. Let me give you strategies that you're going to deploy. Number one, you are going to be neutral. I have this book coming out October 17th. It is in the running for a New York Times bestseller. I have spent 20 years of research and two years and two babies and a man-child writing that friggin' book. (laughs) Every time I feel that creep up, every time, Mm -hmm. neutral, man neutral. Because you know what? If I do not neutralize the way that I'm experiencing this world, this, this thing, vortex of, I will be tanked. Mm -hmm. I will go into a depression and I am not a depressed person Mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. I will not be able to show up for my family. I know what is coming. That is the train. This is the track. I am freaking getting off that freaking track. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because after that book launches, I'm going to be ready to attack the next thing. Right. So number one, you're going to neutralize it. The way that you neutralize it is you acknowledge all the hype that you're giving it. You acknowledge what's, what it means and you practice little things of restriction. Because let's just even make that a little bit more clear for people. What she's also saying, you guys, is like, what is the story you're telling about this? 
like that this is going to be the height of your career and this is like the biggest thing you've ever done, right? And that might be true, but also you're living in the the belief system and the story like this is your pinnacle moment. And it's like, I love your your kind of position and your mindset around this because you're like, this is just another drop in the bucket of who I am and who I'm becoming. And there's just more of this, like where this came from, there's more where that, you know, there's more where this came from. So this isn't going to be the height of my mountain. This is just, it is just another thing, another thing, just another notch Mm -hmm. in the belt. Mm -hmm. It is just another notch in the belt. Had your friends deployed other strategies Mm -hmm. where they, so the body, there's multiple stress responses, by the way. And I do, I, I want to make sure that I mention strategies that you know what you're going to do at your peak and at your low point of right. vulnerability. Yes. So let, let, me, let me address those first. The first and most valuable thing that you can do is every time you go out to speak or do this big launch, people are hyped up. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. If you need to go dunk your ass into a cold plunge, so that you can figure out a different way to release adrenaline, Mm -hmm. go do that. Mm -hmm. Stop it. You are absolutely capable enough to control your narrative. Mm -hmm. Notice I'm not saying don't be stressed. That is the fastest way to get punched in the face. And are you not, you're also saying, not saying don't be excited. I'm be excited, but more, and we're going to, we're going to circle back to stress because stress is one word that could define a launch spilling your coffee on your white Mm. boots, being at the line at the DMV, not knowing if you have the right paperwork. I mean, stress is one word that defines a plethora of things. I am saying you can be intermittently excited and know that that excitement has a cost. Mm -hmm. Once you are neutral, can you imagine a SEAL going into battle? Do you think they're all hyped up? They are laser-like focused, but obviously I'm not a SEAL and I haven't been to war, but you know, having to live with one, they're neutral. Mm -hmm. They're actually neutral. And they're able to show up and perform and then show up the next day and perform again. Mm -hmm. They're not losing time or spending six months trying to get themselves back up because at your high and low, at your two peaks of vulnerability, there's something else that happens. All your old trauma comes up, all your old stuff. You begin to sabotage things. You begin to go to this self-worth temperature, you begin to say, well, was I really worthy enough to make that big of an impact? Self-sabotage begins at that pink and that vulnerability, and it is set up perfectly. It's like playing tic-tac-toe. So while I'm saying, sure, get excited, but get excited in a very controlled, calculated way. Mm -hmm. Get excited in a controlled, calculated way because cultivation builds capacity. Mm -hmm. Cultivation of your thoughts and your actions build capacity. So be excited, but more importantly, be neutral and be open. So that's the first thing. Number two, know exactly what your weaknesses are going to be. For some people, it's going to be shopping. I have one entrepreneur, every time he does a big event or gets stressed, he buys another car. What are your coping strategies? I am going to tell you the coping strategies because these are coping strategies that everyone can deploy. Mm -hmm. Please spend time with the people you love. Mm. I have two very little children. If you don't have kids, spend time with your dog. If you don't have a dog, spend time with someone you love. Maybe it's your grandma. Maybe it's a family member. You think you don't have time to go on that trip that's just for a weekend? If I told you hey, Tori, I'm going to put you in front of 5 million people, you would make time for that. You can easily make the time for the people that you love. Caring and connection releases oxytocin, Mm -hmm. which balances some of this vulnerability. The other thing, promise yourself you're going to get up and you're going to move and you're going to exercise. After a major event or before a major event, most people don't like to train. It is predictable. I have to go on stage tomorrow. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to the gym. Well, because that is the number one time we kind of let ourselves off the hook, right? Because we're like, I've been working so hard, so now I deserve to rest. Right. You think you need to deserve to rest. That's not what you need. So I'm going to wake up, I'm going to hit the gym, and I'm going to prep neutral 
in a neutral way for stepping on stage. Mm -hmm. Spending time with people that you love, making sure that you're moving. Another thing is utilizing um, either, not necessarily heat, but you could use heat, but I prefer an ice bath. Mm -hmm. Ways to re-regulate your nervous system. Being outside in nature, which by the way, I never do, but you will see that that is, you know, so I, I think it's also very important to be transparent. I will sure. tell you the things that I do, but I also tell you some of the things that I don't do. I think that if you, again, I live in Houston, it's not a ton of nature, but again, mm -hmm. that's probably an, an excuse. So um, getting out in nature, being off your phone and just being in the moment is, is really, really helpful. Yeah. And then the other thing is being aware of the things that drop dopamine. This is also the time people will crank up on their caffeine, mm -hmm. Adderall, modafinil, which is, you know, um, it's kind of like a, a neurostimulant. Have more sex, use yep. more drugs. You will feel inclined to do these things and ride the, the high. Don't do that. Read. Mm. Don't do that. Be aware of your weaknesses. This is also the time where you go for cake. Prove to yourself that you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I had one patient. I had this one patient. She was like kind of a, a famous food blogger. Mm -hmm. And she came into my office. She was sent there because her company was, was like, you're going to talk to Dr. G and you're going to get in shape and this is going to be a whole year thing. And she's like, I'm fine. I look great. I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not giving up my chocolate. I said, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do a test. So I had her put her favorite chocolate on her desk that she couldn't eat because mm -hmm. she said that she could never resist it. Came to a point where she didn't even want it. So again, just circling back to this idea of having a neutral mind, deploying some of those strategies, and then understanding that you're now having full awareness. So Tori, I never want you to call me and say, oh my gosh, I'm depressed, I'm exhausted, I just did this big thing. I'm telling you right now, and every single one of you people out there listening, this is going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Do not be surprised by your human nature. Sure. This loops us now to this conversation of stress. Mm -hmm. When you hear stress, number one, it is one word to define everything. Has anyone ever thought about how ridiculous so that true. is? So true. How dumb is that? <laughs> it's like a catch-all. Tell me another word that defines everything like that. I, I'll wait because I can't think of one. Is there another word? I can't think right? of one. So stress could be somebody, somebody died, right? Like that's stressful. You just got sick. Um, you crashed your car. Uh, your dog peed on your new couch. Mm -hmm. All of these things are describing stress. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. When I say stress, you say, what is your first kind of reaction to stress? Like, what, what do people say when, when they talk about stress? What is the response? What is the stress response? Fight, fight, or freeze. You got it, my friend. What if I told you that that is only one response to stress? Mm. That's it. That is one response to stress. But for some reason, it is the most popular. That's all we talk about. That's all we talk about. Do you know that your beliefs around stress influence the physiology and the way that you experience it? Ooh, tell me more about yeah. that. Fight or flight is one very low level way of processing stress. Mm -hmm. But it is all that we know. Because as humans, we are tribal and we believe something to be true if we hear it enough. Just like the obesity epidemic so true. that I am working to fix. Right. Just because we repeat it over and, and parrot something over and over and over again, in no way, shape, or form does the repetition make it more accurate. Make it more accurate. <laughs> We've completely missed the mark on stress as well. Okay. Everybody thinks about stress as fight or flight. Right. There are also two more responses that are incredibly more adaptive mm. and nobody knows about it. I say stress, you say hot bubble bath. You show me one life of meaning that was stress-free. Mm -hmm. One life of meaning that had no stress. Doesn't exist. Exactly. There is the tend and befriend response and the courage response. Mm. Tend and befriend is when an individual is faced with stress Instead of going to this fight or flight, whatever, they reach out for connection. Mothers have a tendon befriend. Can you imagine if I was fighter, flighting and freezing, how would I help my daughter? I would be completely incapacitated. Right. Versus a tendon befriend goes and it releases oxytocin, which is that hugging hormone, which was also 
one of those strategies to deploy to protect yourself against your vulnerabilities mm -hmm. is, so this tend and befriend, and befriend response is seeking social connection, reaching out to other people to see how you can be of service. Mm -hmm. You get stressed, let's make the world better. I can't believe I've never heard about this. Yeah. Like, I'm really shocked because I'm even one of those people that tends to think that I, you know, I've done a lot of self-work. I'm in this, this is my, this is my space. Like I talk a lot about the stress response and how to regulate your nervous system. And I've never heard anybody talk about tend and befriend. Tend and befriend. You want to deploy tend and befriend. It makes you a more useful human mm -hmm. fight or flight. And if we are always trying to mitigate stress, then that comes to the inherent belief that we believe stress is bad. Mm -hmm. Stress is essential. Mm -hmm. Stress is what cultivates strength and excellence in every single domain. Well, you can't build muscle without stress. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. <laughs> right? Bring it on. But it's, it's fascinating because what you're doing is you're giving people another option. You're saying that you don't just have to go into fight or flight or freeze. There is a fourth or a fifth door. Correct. Here. But you will only deploy what you know. Right. And because it is so insidious, this conversation of stress is going to make my hair fall out. Mm -hmm. Stress is bad. Stress is going to make me sick. Stress is et cetera. That is what we believe. And that is what we hear. Mm -hmm. But we've never questioned that if that is true or not. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Well, stress is inevitable. Yeah. So it's like, if we know it's inevitable, now we can conscious, and we know that there, there are other options that we can constant consciously choose the other path. That's going to actually probably be the key to mitigating our stress, to being less stressed. Well, it does because we believe that stress is bad. Right. If we have a fundamental operating system that we believe stress is bad, every time we have moments of stress that happen throughout the day. We believe that we're interfacing with something that we should have less of. Wrong, bad, or something we or, need to change. That is not true. Yeah. If we believe that stress signals meaning, mm. stress signals meaning, it means that it's important to us. Stress signals meaning. Yeah, I'm letting that one land. That's what it actually indicates. Then we can welcome it. And then we can understand and appreciate that this discomfort is the gateway to growth. Every single one of my patients deploys either a, uh, a tendon befriend or the courage response. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do that? Number one, you're absolutely going to shift this paradigm of thinking that stress is bad mm -hmm. and that you have to de-stress and, and mitigate that response. No, stress just means it means something to this you. This matters to me. It matters. And in fact, it is providing the physiological energy to attack and move you to execute the things that you need to be doing mm -hmm. to move the needle for your future and for yourself and for your people. Mm -hmm. That's what stress is. And then the tendon befriend response is, it's not about one person as the individual. It is about what do you need? Mm -hmm. Boy, when I'm feeling stressed, my friends better watch out because I'm checking on them. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? What can I do for you? Now, is that different? Because I can, I can imagine some people might hear that, right? And they're like, okay, I'm stressed. How can I tend and befriend with also not neglect my own needs? Right, because because I've of thinking of a friend yesterday who was really stressed out. Uh, his family, he has family in Tel Aviv. There's obviously a lot happening over there right now. Yeah, that's it's, tough. It's that's, really, really hard. That's probably a a a place in which fight or flight. His when, sister is eight months pregnant. Yeah, it's a lot. Hiding in a bomb shelter, high stress. Right, got to speak on the phone with her. Got to be there, support him. But for somebody who's going, and, and that's an extreme, you know, yeah. uh, I, example of stress. But in my friend's case, how might he deploy tendon befriend in that moment while also not neglect his his experience? I think that 
That is a great question. And if that were my patient, I would certainly acknowledge that this is a highly, highly unusual experience, mm -hmm. one of life or death. And that the only thing that is going to truly mitigate that internal feeling is when his family is into safety. Sure. Within that, understanding if he can reach out to her, which he did, but also get support from the people that he loves, yeah. which he did. He, he did. reached out to you as opposed to being paralyzed, not doing anything. Mm -hmm. There's also another stress response, and it's called the courage response. And a lot of men that are self-aware exhibit this. And it's not just men or women, but the courage response, I'll give you an example. And it really comes from the interpretation of the stimuli. I'll just pick on my husband because he's not here, so I can say bad things about him. <laughs> just kidding, honey. Let's say he's getting ready to jump out of a plane. His heart rate is 200 blood pressure through the roof. He's releasing cortisol, epinephrine, all kinds of, of hormones. Completely excited to jump out of that plane. Mm -hmm. Me, on the other hand, I am certain that I would have urinated down my leg thinking that this was the worst idea out of worst ideas that I've ever had in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Both people are experiencing the same thing. One has mounted a response that is capable. And you better believe he's going to jump out of that plane. Mm -hmm. And his experience of it will be once he's done, do you think that he'll be able to get off the ground and stand back up and recover? Totally. Mm -hmm. When I jump out of that plane, I'm going to be a disaster for at least 24 hours sure. because of the framework. And again, with your friend, I, I think that there's no positive that comes out of that situation. Mm -hmm. But understanding that the way that we process the stimuli. Here is one other thing, though, that I would tell your friend, is the fastest way to control your physiology is to control your breath. And we see this a lot. You can hold your breath. Don't do it. I'm not your doctor. Please don't pass out on me. Mm -hmm. You can see how long you can tolerate that discomfort. The other thing is do a, something called a tactical breath, which is a four-count inhale, four count hold, four count exhale. And that's called a box breath mm -hmm. or a tactical breath. That is the fastest way to control your nervous system response. Mm -hmm. It does not work if I say, Tori, don't be stressed. Be less stressed. Right. Right. That is like the fastest way to, again, get into a fight with a significant other. And also when in the history of ever has that ever worked. Right. So that's what I would say. I mean, that's, that's, it's so good and gives such a perspective shift for those because I was really proud of him. You know, he's in, he could have had whatever response he had would have been valid to, to that kind of news. Right. And, um, and I watched him kind of have this moment with himself of, uh, cause we were all supposed to go to this really amazing thing out in the desert called rise festival, which is a really meaningful experience for all of us. And he was kind of contemplating, should I just stay at home and like read the headlines and just, be in this like very stressed out, anxious state, or should I go connect with people? And, um, and he did, and he had such a different experience of the day than he would have otherwise. And it takes courage both to do that, to, to say, Hey, I'm not going to let this thing dictate how I feel completely and let people be there and say, Hey, I need support, you know? And, Something that I think around this conversation around stress, which is so important that every single one of our listeners deals with is like stress in your mind creates stress in your body. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Like what are the, the physiological implications? Like what are the symptoms that the things we might start to experience when we're not dealing with our stress in a helpful way? Yeah. And how does that impact our, our health and the longevity conversation. The, the first important piece to remember is how we perceive stress impacts our physiology. Mm -hmm. And the, really the work out of Stanford has highlighted this in a way that we've never seen before. And in one study, they took housekeepers. They took two groups of housekeepers. One group was prepped and said, all the work that you are doing is enough exercise and so impactful and so important for your health and wellness. And then the other group was told, you guys are not exercising enough. 
your actions aren't healthy. You need to be doing more. Mm -hmm. The group that was prepped and primed and told that what they were doing was healthy and how they were moving and uh, et cetera, like their actions on a daily basis. Both groups were told not to change their exercise and not to change their nutrition plan. The group that was told that their actions were meaningful in moving the needle towards health outcomes did exactly that. They lost body fat. Their blood pressure improved. Their blood sugar improved. Mm. There's these markers of improved health, not by doing anything different, but by believing what they were doing was meaningful in a healthy way. Yeah. That is crazy to see that there is science behind not just the placebo mm -hmm. effect, but the effect that how we believe stress impacts. And this goes back to this conversation that if stress is left unchecked, what does it do? Right. And my answer would be what should not be left unchecked is the way in which you experience it. If you believe stress is bad, mm -hmm. if you believe that when your heart rate goes up and you're, you're having a catecholamine surge and you're having an increase in cortisol and you tell yourself this is bad, mm -hmm. this will compound the effect. You will have an increased release in cortisol. You may continue to have elevated blood sugar. Your belief behind the symptoms that you are having mm -hmm perpetuate the outcome. Sure. So my answer would be stop believing stress is going to be harmful mm -hmm. and begin to cultivate a belief that stress just indicates meaning. Yeah. 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 That's so powerful. I mean, these are the mindset shifts that, that are pivotal for our longevity, for our long-term health. You've packed this book with those what do you hope is like the biggest takeaway from readers? Like the people that get this, we've heard about your inspiration for why you wanted to write it, but like what do you really hope people take away from, from this book? They are absolutely in control of their health mm -hmm. and they are in control of their mind mm -hmm. and that strength begets life. And you have to be physically strong and mentally strong to show up in a courageous way. I want people to understand that they have to not be the obstacle, mm -hmm. that the answers are out there. I provide in this framework literally what you need to do to show up as the best, most capable version of yourself, no matter what your age is. This book is easy to read. It is written for the public. My goal is to break through and disrupt the narratives that put blinders on us. Mm -hmm. If people believe that Alzheimer's and cardiovascular disease, and they are constantly focused on what they have to lose, mm -hmm. it is insidious. And even though, Tori, you're young, it might not affect you now. Sure. You show me who you are today, and I'm going to show you who you're going to be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And this book, this book can change people physically, and it can change people mentally. Yeah. That's why it's called Forever Strong. Yeah. Yeah, this is a must read, you guys. It's going to be out as soon as this episode is live. So when you are watching this and listening to this wherever you are, this is available. And I highly suggest you get it because this, this whole podcast, this whole conversation is about how to win, <laughs> how to win. This is, this is what it means to win at life, um, which is winning at your health, which means that you can be around for a really long time to do the things that you love strong, not to survive, thrive. We are talking about leaving a legacy. Yeah. And I believe that this generation can be the strongest, most capable generation that there is. But it's going to require us taking responsibility for our, for our health, our mindsets, the belief systems. And I think one of the, the most powerful takeaways that I've had so far in this conversation is just this perspective shift that just because you've heard something said over and over and over again, doesn't make it any more accurate. Doesn't make it more true right? So question what you're hearing and, and you're putting out a whole different uh, narrative and, and you're disrupting the conversation and it's really, really important. And so we want to help elevate that. I encourage everybody to go out and get Forever Strong, a new science-based strategy for aging well right now. 
Dr. Gabrielle, you are powerful. You're strong. You're super resilient. You're doing incredible work. Where can people find the book and yeah. what else do you want people to know before before we wrap up this Well, first of all, Tori, thank you so much for having me on. You know, I'd mentioned that um, while I take care of entrepreneurs, I don't always have it within my um, site to do entrepreneurial podcasts. Mm -hmm. But you guys are the people that move the needle yeah. for the world. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. And if, depending on when this comes out, you guys can go to my website at drgabrielline.com. I put together $200 of free value and a whole community where I get in there once a month. We are there and active, but we do live Q&A. Go to my website, drgabriellelyon.com, or you can order this on Amazon, or you can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can find me on Instagram. I have my own podcast, mm -hmm. The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show. I have a newsletter, which breaks down whether it's science-based information, whether it's mindset information, I'm doing all the things. Yeah. Well, you definitely want to make sure that Dr. Gabrielle Lyon is part of your team and use these resources to your advantage because this is how you're going to be able to level up in the game of life. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I know I did. I'm so grateful for you for spending time with me, making the trip out from Houston to be here in Las Vegas. You guys, forever strong. This is the next book you need. We want to see this on the New York Times bestseller list this year. Um, go grab one. Until next week, you guys, go apply what you learned this week. Don't let it just fall on deaf ears. Don't just hear something. Go apply it. Go use it. Go get this book. I'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.